Go thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. A little bit of uh, old Steve Taylor music here. Or did he? Tell it to the people in Southern Lingamora. This is where it gets good, you guys. Listen to the words to the song. When the streets too loud, in your own backyard, you'll be underneath waiting for the National Guard. You can shake your hand later that you never got Put yourself on so they can see you singing. You can give yourself the whole screen. So that's Steve Taylor's song, Whatever Happened to Sin. And I really like that song a lot. I think it's one of the best songs he's ever written um, because it asks all these really important questions, like whatever happened to sin. Good question, right? (laughs) All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. Boy, I'm hearing a lot of static. Are you hearing a lot of static or is it just me? Yes, I am. It's uh, distorting quite easily. Hmm. What's with my microphone? I don't hear it. All right, here. Whoa. There you go. There you go. Hey, Karen, how are you? Okay, I don't, for some reason, I'm not seeing, I mean, I know you're in here because I can see numbers, but I can't see the little circle thingies that they they tell you. So, Melanie, Mia. I see Melanie and Mia. Okay, I don't see other people. But anyway, so I will just say hi, a collective hello. Hello, everybody. All right, I also have to mention today, that today is Dr. Jennifer Fee's birthday. And as we always do on our show, whenever we have a friend who has a birthday, we always want to wish them 
a happy birthday. This is a big birthday for her, too. This is a birthday where she entered into a brand new decade after the 40s. This is a <laughs> birthday where well, you're not tell I'm her. not going to say how old she is, but she's no longer in her 40s. <laughs> anyway, I love her. And um, Jennifer, if you actually happen to tune in to this episode, which I know she's working probably right now, we want to wish you a happy birthday. <laughs> Put another candle on my birthday cake. We're gonna bake a birthday cake. Put another candle on my birthday cake. I'm another year old today. That's right. She's 50 today. And I know, I know. Isn't it weird? Well, you know what? She's okay with it. It's the big 5-0. I mean, seriously, you live 50 years. That's to be celebrated in today's day and age. And not only that, she doesn't even look it. She She does not look 50. And um, she is one of the top uh, psychological mental health scopers here on Periscope. Uh, She has her doctorate uh, in in psychology. I actually don't know what, if it's clinical psychology or I don't know. Anyway, I really don't know her that well. I've only known her 15 years. Uh, But, you you know, she is a silver star Periscoper. Here. She has trended and been featured numerous times here on Periscope, and and it is my pleasure to know her. And um, and I hope you guys, if you have a happy birthday, um, and let her know that you appreciate her because she does so much. You have you guys have no idea how much work this woman does, uh, but she is an expert in her field. She's probably one of the most genuine and truly humble people. I mean, in the Moses sense of humility, uh, I think Jennifer is uh, probably one of the most humble people I've met. It's an astounding, unbelievable story. So anyway... So happy birthday, Dr. Jennifer Fee. I love you, and I know a lot of other people do too. All right, so there you go. That's That was the most important thing we had to say today. <laughs> um, it's a wrap then? It's a wrap. Nope, show's over. No, I'm just kidding. All right, uh, okay, so us. the other thing we're going to do today is we're going to talk about some of the headlines. Um, there, there. I'm just going to tell you really fast. There was a, an article, a Purdue researcher verified that the, the existence of 53 people in the Bible mentioned in the Hebrew Bible have now been verified historically. It's a very cool thing. Everybody who likes to say the Bible is a book of fairy tales, blah, blah, blah. Good luck with that because there's so much evidence. It's ridiculous how much evidence there is that the Bible and the people in the Bible actually did exist. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Lisa Turkhurst, those of you who uh, in, who are very popular and, and understand the um, uh, Christian ministry to, um, to um, women. Proverbs 31 uh, Ministries is the ministry of Lisa Turkhurst, and so I'm going to share some sad news about that. Uh, also, we're going to talk about, and this is going to be the lead story we're going to talk about, is the um, the fact that the, the homosexual lobby has once again um, actually um, disrupted an ex-gay conference. You know, a couple, a couple of weeks ago, uh, Ann Polk, who is the executive director of the Restored Hope Network, uh, 
came on our show again. I just love her. Uh, she's she's amazing. Anyway, she had the Restored Hope Conference uh, over the weekend, I believe it was, and um, and of course there was there was said to be probably a thousand protesters were supposed to show up to boycott and protest this conference, saying that homosexuals can actually change. Um, and so we'll we'll update you on that. But of course, I want to go ahead and and um, and have Bareface come on screen and welcome you to another Monday. Welcome to the show, Mr. Bareface. By the way, thanks for producing. Not it. my real name. I know. <laughs> All that too. So, yeah. So anyway, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Yeah. I believe we're about two thirds of the way through June already. It's hard to believe. Mm-hmm. It is. Well, let's thank our sponsor, Ariel Ministries, too. Let's do that. Okay, Ariel is a wonderful ministry. They actually help underwrite our show. We thank them for that, and you guys definitely need to check them out, A-R-I-E-L, Ariel.org. Go there. You can save 20% when you use the coupon code Bible News. And also, I should tell you that um, we also have a special uh, with with them, and I'm waiting for the graphic because I can't do it from memory. <laughs> I don't. I don't see the Ariel graphic either. Well, um, but remember, it. there's a delay. Oh, usually it's up by now. I'm. Everything's fine here. Let me oh, tell you about this. Oh, there it goes. Ariel just popped up. Okay, so tell me about the special scenes you have the graphic. I can't see it. All right. Uh, right now, Ariel Ministries is offering a selection of books from Doctor David L. Cooper. His Messianic series titles and titles include the God of Israel. Messiah, his nature and person. Messiah, his redemptive career. Messiah, his first coming scheduled. Messiah, his historical appearance. Messiah, his glorious appearance imminent. And Messiah, his final call to Israel. And what makes these books fascinating is that they were written uh, before the reemergence of Israel as a nation in 1948. These were written in the 30s. And very uh, scholarly work, uh, very highly regarded. And these seven books in paperback are available for $32, the seven-part series. But on top of that, as Bible News Radio listeners and viewers, you can save an additional 20%, bringing the price down to like like $25, something like that. Yeah, it's $25 plus shipping, whatever that is. Uh, not much. So a great value. I encourage you to take advantage of this. Uh, if you really want to understand uh, the scriptures, uh, the Hebrew scriptures from a Hebrew perspective, uh, this is a great way to go. So. Yes. And so, and also, they also have some other books that are they're in the same type of series, but they're not part of the actual series. Um, there's this book, Future Events Revealed, an exposition of the Olivet Discourse. There's this one, and then there's the 70 Weeks of Daniel, which is awesome. By the way, in case you don't know, there, there's a huge... Did you guys know? Think about it this way. Okay. The book of Revelation is actually, you know, a book of prophecy about the future, right? The book of Daniel is actually basically the equivalent of the book of Revelation in the Old Testament. So this book here, if you're interested in Old Testament Bible prophecy... This would be a pamphlet you'd want to get. This one's not very thick. It's very thin, actually. Um, and so, and there are only a couple of bucks, too. Um, Preparing for the Worldwide Revival is another pamphlet they have here. And also, What Men Must Believe is another one. 
but you can you can see all of these on the same page uh, that the actual um, set is on. And there's also one on the Book of Revelation, which is also very cool. In fact, I am now embarking personally on a personal Bible study in the Book of Revelation, and I'm looking forward to it because you know Revelation is like the only book you can read with a blessing. I mean, the, the whole Bible gives you a blessing, but this book in particular, there is a special blessing if you read it. So I think, imagine just studying it. Imagine the super blessings you can get from reading the book of Revelation. It's not a scary book. I mean, it kind of is a scary book, but it's not, it's not, it shouldn't be scary for the believer. For the unbeliever, I would be terrified, but for the actual believer, I wouldn't be. How about you, Bareface? Would you be, would you be terrified? On uh, as an unbeliever, yes. Yeah. Um, and there are there is imagery in the Book of Revelation that isn't clear, and there's discussion about whether what it means and those kinds of things. And I think we'll not know specifically until it comes to pass. Uh, but even with those things that are not clear, it is clear uh, that God has a plan that God is in control and ultimately triumphs. So, yeah. Um, well, it is, um, a really cool book. I love it. I've studied it before, but I'm embarking on a new study in it again. Cause you know, you can never, you can't, people don't understand. You can read the Bible more than once and read the, the different books there more than one time and get something new every time. <laughs> At least I can. I don't know about you people, but I can. Anyway, I want to say hi to people. Now that I can see you, let's say let's say hi to people. Let's see. We see Stephen, and Bum Baby is there. Hello, Bum Baby. Forgot your real name. <laughs> Mia, and there's Rick Costa. Hashtag Jesus did it. And there's Andrea, and there is Karen, all the way from you're in you're in you're in England, right? Karen Anna is there. Joel is here, and then we got uh, brown hair girl. Sorry, again, I forgot your name. Don't hate me. Megan is here. Um, yeah, so you guys should put up where you're coming in from just so we can see again because it's fun to see where people are coming in from. Anyway, and Melanie, there she is. She's back. All right, she's there. And Mr.'s on the beat. I don't know why he's barking. Anyway, all right, so... Illinois. Okay, there you go. Illinois, Iowa. Oh, yeah, Iowa. Northwest United Kingdom. Aw, yeah. That's Mr. Ohio. Got to lots of people in Ohio. Hampton, Virginia. Yes, Patricia. Patricia. Sorry, Patricia. Ah, from West Virginia. You're in West Virginia. I've never been to West Virginia. All right, Falcon. Oh, 82 is there. Okay, all right, cool. And Jeannie C. is there. Jeannie C.? Okay, all right, cool. Or or is that, well, anyway, did I say it wrong? Atlantic Canada. Okay. All right, Canada is here, too. That's very cool. Isn't it cool? We're in Tennessee, so there you go. All right, so let's let's look at this article from LifeSite News. It's written by my friend Peter LaBarbera, who is the founder of Americans for Truth About Homosexuality. Uh, He wrote here, if gays are so tolerant, why are they disrupting an ex-gay conference? Anyone who's been in the pro-life and pro-family movement for any length of time is familiar with the left's hypocritical one-way approach toward, quote, diversity and 
quote, inclusion. It's all about tolerance and diversity for them, but not for their critics. Such reverse intolerance is on display again this weekend in San Diego with as many as 1,000 pro-LGBTQ protesters expected to converge on a Christian ex-gay conference designed to help and uplift men and women seeking to overcome unwanted same-sex attraction. The stated goal of at least some of the protesters is to disrupt the Restored Hope Network conference, representing the largest coalition of ex-homosexual ministries in the world, a previous ex-gay umbrella group, Exodus International, collapsed after its leaders moved away from the Bible's teachings against homosexual behavior. And actually, their VP went back into the gay lifestyle, in case you didn't know that. In a press release, RHN says that it has been on the front lines of helping uh, people overcome homosexuality. It now comprises 59 affiliated ministries like First Stone in Oklahoma City, dedicated to helping people find freedom from same-sex attraction. The Restored Hope Network conference is underway at the City View Church in San Diego. According to, our, to, to the Rehor- Rest- Restored Hope Network, as many as 1,000 protesters are mobilizing, handing out prote- posters and signs at gay bars, uh, pride marches, and have pledged to protest outside one of the hotels used by the 400 attendees tonight. Uh, by the way, this as an aside, in case you didn't know, President Donald Trump did not proclaim June to be Gay Pride Month, which is a big deal to me personally. President Barack Hussein Obama, the former Muslim that occupied the White House and was completely pro-gay and and said to have had homosexual relations himself, actually every year he was in office proclaimed June Gay Pride Month. President Donald Trump uh, has not done that, and that is a good thing in my opinion. Anyway, Restored Hope Net Executive Director Ann Polk, a former lesbian herself, says, we are prepared for the protests and intend to be kind. We realize they, protesters, are operating out of misunderstanding and misconceptions about who we are and what we do. Tolerance is a two-way street, uh, Polk said. We expect the respect and freedom to leave homosexuality as much as respecting their right to remain homosexual or transgender. But that's just the point. Many LGBTQ activists are, have zero respect for ex-gays like Polk and Restored Hope Network board member Stephen Black and ex-transgenders like Walt Heyer, and so they feel no obligation to defend their right to speak. Instead, they ridicule them and pressure the media to, die, to deny them a public voice. Now, here's the thing. Um, Stephen Black and Walt Heyer have actually appeared on this show more than once, and so has Anne, actually. So I know all of these these people personally and can vouch for their character. Uh, the dominant media stokes this arrogance by ignoring successful ex-gays and putting out news, of, and that's in quotes, putting out news stories that read like they could have been written by the staff over at GLAAD, which is the gay lesbian, like gays, lesbians against anti-defamation or something like that, an anti-Christian LGBTQ media pressure group. It's all part of the disturbing trend nationally, by which those on the left justify shutting down conservative speech. They dislike under the guise of protecting the planet or protecting victims from violence. Ironic indeed, since it's the left that increasingly is carrying out or fomenting violence across America, even against Republican congressmen, which uh, we just happened to see a couple days ago, who was shot. They, the Restored Hope Network, are not welcome in this city, said a gay rights activist organization, 
uh, organizing the protest, adopting the neo-totalitarian talking points of a movement so steeped in gay pride that it cannot tolerate dissent or merely engage its foes with civility. This hateful practice is a result of the bigoted and misguided beliefs of religious extremists, and there's no place in San Diego for its promotion or execution. Will Rodriguez Kennedy, president of the San Diego Democrats for Equality, told the Times of San Diego. Hateful practice? People telling uh, how God helped them overcome a sin pattern in their life so that they could better live for him? Polk says LGBTQ militants plan to do everything within their power to disrupt the Restored Hope Network conference, which is one of the least political and most innocuous events in the Christian cultural world. I've attended two previous RHN conferences and can attest that they are some of the most apolitical, Christ-honoring meetings I've ever been fortunate to be a part of. Remember, this is Peter LaBarbera who's writing this. There is, such, there is much beautiful Christian musical worship at these gatherings. Men and women, mostly evangelicals and Catholics who are broken sexually, give their heartfelt testimonies about overcoming the strong, destructive pull of homosexuality in their lives through Jesus Christ. You, you would have to have a heart of stone not to be touched by their stories, which is perhaps why the other side is so desperate to silence them in the public square. They know that just as the gay and now transgender movements advanced by telling people's personal stories, the ex-LGBT movement will grow once more. Americans are exposed to its powerful firsthand witnesses of transformation away from sexual and gender confusion. Uh, Paul says, we are dedicated to restoring hope to those impacted by homosexuality. But Restored Hope Network notes that the division between people who want freedom from same-sex attractions and those who want acceptance and celebration for their behavior continues to grow. I wonder why the LGBTQ lobby has a long history of trying to shut down these peaceful ex-gay gatherings and wildly distorting them with all sorts of vitriolic rhetoric that smears ex-homosexual smugglers, or strugglers rather, <laughs> as, quote, haters and extremists. What is it exactly that gay and transgender activists enjoying such worldly power are afraid of? Maybe they're afraid of the truth told by humble sinners transformed by Christ Jesus. I would say something, too. There's a lot I could say about this, because I'm actually an expert on this topic. Um, I've studied this topic for probably close to 15 years. Um, I've looked at research. I know lots of individuals who've left the sin of homosexuality. Um, And what's interesting is the flooding of this particular behavior in our culture has been done intentionally. And all you got to do is read the book After the Ball, which is written by two um, homosexuals uh, who were were like scholars in marketing and, um, you know, in persuasion tactics. Um, and flooding is one of those tactics. Intimidation is another one of those tactics. Um, you know, I asked a, a friend of mine when I lived in California, I asked her, I, it was actually my neighbor, I asked her, I said, can you tell me, just out of curiosity, what percentage of the population do you actually think identifies as LGBT? And she came back to me, and she was a woman who's probably close to 60 now. Maybe she's older than that. I can't remember. But she's a little bit older than, than me. And she says to me, um, well, I think it's probably close to, I don't know, 50 or 60%. And when she said that, I, I then I said to her, I said, can you tell me where you get that idea? Okay? 
where where do you get that idea? And she said, well, you know, it's all over the media. And, you know, and so I, I just think that's that's the case. And I said, do you know that that's so not the case? But the the mass marketing of homosexuality, lesbianism, transgenderism, et cetera, has been marketed so well in the last 40 years that most people think that the actual percentage of that is actually super, like, high. When in reality, you guys, the actual percentages show that between 1% and 3% of the population identify as LG, uh, LGBTQ, between 1% and 3%. Oprah Winfrey made um, Alfred Kinsey's numbers of 10% um, very well-known. But she was quoting fallacious research that was, I mean, which has all been debunked. Alfred Kinsey was, he wasn't even a sex researcher. He was actually, I think he was a microbiologist or something like that. He studied plants and stuff before he got really well known for his actual um, stuff. In fact, I got this book This book here I, I picked up in the, at the thrift store a while back. There's a whole section on Kinsey um, and uh, Dr. Judith Reisman, who is a, uh, I, psych- I think believe she's a psychologist. She's done all the research on Kinsey and written books exposing all the fallacious research, all the the horrible research of Kinsey, um, which gave the ten percent number, um, which which has been completely disproven. And even the LGBT lobby, those those who are actually reporting on it, who are honest, they will even admit that between one and three percent of that population is actually the literal population. So you have to ask yourself. First of all, you got to get you got to get educated, but you have to ask yourself why would the media want to promote one to three percent of the population and normalize that behavior? Got to ask yourself it. Why? Why? I mean, it's the truth, right? And the transgender community, what they've done in the last like five years in particular, is they have actually continued with the marketing of homosexuality that was previously done the last 25, 30 years, thereby trying to normalize, you know, the idea that people who are transgendered are, like, growing and there's this mass population. It's not. It's under 1% of the population is transgender. It's, you know, and yet you you see all of these things, and it's like, well, what's the purpose? And this this, this is the purpose, I think. The purpose is that the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy that's the purpose, and that Jesus came to set the captives free, and that's the truth. Jesus came to deliver us from our sin, and I'm not saying that somebody who struggles with same-sex attraction um, are evil at all. In fact, most most people who identify as LGBT have been sexually abused or they have some type of attachment disruption in their development that creates that, and or if they're younger, They've been marketed it since they were a young person, if they're under 30. All the research shows it, um, and yet the liberal media likes to bury it and not talk about it at all. But if you actually go and you look at the research that gets published in alternate sources besides the American Psychological Association and others, you'll see that there's deliverance and there's freedom. Now, does this mean that, you know, the feelings go away, you know, and that you never have that feeling? No, of course not. In a lot of cases it does, because God does that for some people, but not all. You know, and this whole thing about, quote, pray the gay away, that's one of the most ridiculous lies of the left that's ever been out there. You know, it it, it really is. Um, and it drives you crazy, because, you know, it's not, 
it's not that. But the devil is clever, you know. He got the APA. In fact, the, how many of you in the chat room know how homosexuality was removed out of the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders? This, this is the big, big, thick book of mental disorders, right, that therapists like me who are trained in, actually when I see a client and, you know, I go in there and I can diagnose you, homosexuality in 1973 and prior was actually considered a mental disorder according to the American Psychological Association. So in 1973, uh, the diagnosis of homosexuality was removed out of, uh, it was struck, it was taken out of the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, I think it was number three. So in the DSM-2 and prior, you can find it and you can see that it was labeled a mental disorder. And actually DSM-3 and onward, I believe it is, um, it was actually removed and behind the, there was there were meetings behind closed doors with the gay lobby and those who ran the the diagnostic manual, okay, the the researchers and stuff. And basically, what they did was they took a late night vote and they basically said, "We want this out." That's all it was. Was just the, it was the pressure. It was really it was truly uh, pressure from the gay lobby back then and they had it taken out. It wasn't taken out on the basis of research or anything like that. It was taken out purely on political things. And I actually know friends. I have friends who are liberal, and they're also therapists, and I can tell you that they don't like the American Psychological Association uh, because of the political, the politics in it, because the APA runs very left and very liberal. Now, the interesting thing here uh, is that um, they actually have in the DSM-5, they actually do talk about um, gender um, dysphoria and gender identity disorders, uh, which would fall into this thing. And, you know, it's interesting because there's still struggle with it. But the question is, what are you going to do with um, with the people who, who leave it? There's thousands and thousands of people who've left that sin behind, Right the practice of homosexuality being the sin, right? I mean, what do you do? What you do is you, you roar at them and you, you protest and you pick them because you don't want anybody to know because it's hard to deal with the issues that you have that might create that. And I know that there are people who, I have very close friends who disagree with me on this, this issue, but I have to go back to the Bible. And the Bible, nowhere in Scripture does it give us... Um, a model of homosexual relationships anywhere. There's zero, zero. There's no model of homosexual marriage displayed in the Bible anywhere. Um, Jesus himself actually pointed back to marriage as being one man and one woman. Uh, Adam and Eve were created in the garden, one man, one woman. Uh, the Song of Solomon, which is the only book about sex in the Bible, um, is purely a heterosexual sex book. It's not a homosexual book. Um, and the 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 sin of um, homosexuality, as well as some other sins, was the major reason why Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed in the Bible. Um, and then, of course, you have Romans 1 that also talks about it. And you have Leviticus, which also talks about it. Um, and none of it actually, um, they don't discuss it in a positive way. Um, so th there's, a, there's a lot out there. Um, but the good news is if you struggle with that and you want to change, you don't want to struggle with it, there is help. 
And um, the Restored Hope Network is a place you can go. Uh, First Stone Ministries is another place you can go. You also don't have to have a lot of money. These places actually offer their services at very, very low cost. So money can't be an excuse because they they basically can give it to you for free, but not quite free, but almost free. Probably in some cases, probably they do they do it for free too. Probably um, depending on who the person is. So, um, you know, you're not going to hear about this on the mainstream media, though. That's why I'm bringing it to you. So, there you go. Just thought I'd share that. You have any comments? Yeah, just some quick comments. Okay. You know, we're talking about freedom of association here. Live and let live. No one's talking about going into all the populace and and praying the gay away of every you know all resistors and stamping out homosexuality wherever it exists. No, the Bible is very clear about judging those who are inside the church, not those who are outside. Uh, people without out the Lord who want to live without them, they you know. Uh, you know, don't expect them to care what the Bible says. Uh, but we ha- what we have here with the Restored Hope Network is people voluntarily coming to this network that they don't want. They have the same-sex attraction, and they don't want it. And they're looking for, you know, they're looking for support in that, support on that journey. And they're getting resistance and flack and name-calling and all sorts of things from, you know, the intolerant tolerant. And it's just, you know, you can't have your cake and eat it too kind of thing. Uh, you know, if it's if it's all about tolerance and live and let live, you know, what happens to the privacy of your own bedroom, whatever, is you're okay, then afford that same, uh, afford that same tolerance, that same grace uh, to those who, who are, you know, seeking Well, the, the thing that's interesting to me is that you will never see conservative biblical Christians picketing a homosexual conference. Right. And you'll never see them using the intimidation tactics that are rolled out in the in the in the uh, after, in the book after the ball. And for those of you who are new and you don't know the background of me and Randall, let me just tell you, way back when probably about 15 years ago, Randall and I were invited to a GLSEN conference, which stands for Gay, Lesbian, Straight Education Network. This is the conference that was that was headed up by Kevin Jennings, who ended up becoming Obama's safe school czar. Okay, he's a militant homosexual activist, and um, and this is the organization that put the Gay Straight Alliance clubs into all of the schools, including elementary school. Okay, so elementary school and high school. Randall and I were asked to go in as spies to this conference to to, to bring out the information that they were talking about. So we did. We actually went in just like Caleb and Joshua of old. You know, they went into the the enemy territory, which this conference is, trust me. And then we gathered info, right? I mean, we literally did. Seriously, we did. We gathered the info. I have a ton of it still. I can show it to you. It's probably in my garage in some box somewhere. But we went into this conference, and one of the things that we saw, we brought back, in fact, I brought back a whole box of material, and I shipped it to Janet Parshall, who was hosting her radio show, Janet Parshall's America, uh, at one point, and she literally read uh, the whole the whole thing that I, I brought back. But here's the thing. Um, they have an intentional target on children, right, to try to convince them that same-sex feelings and behavior is a natural, normal way of life, when in reality it's not. It's a disruption in normal development. 
And, um, you know, we, we met kids there who, it, I mean, it, it completely broke my heart. It actually changed my life. That Randall will tell you that. If you listen to my show for any length of time, then you already know that. But um, I not only went to that conference, but I also went to a SESCAL conference, which is a um, which you can you can go to the website at cescal dot org. I think it is. Um, yeah, which California it's a, Education. It's the Center for Excellence in School Counseling and Leadership. Because my background is as a marriage and family therapist. I have a master's uh, degree in clinical psychology. And um, this is in San Diego. I was down there. I actually went to, I think it was the first one that they, they did, where Chastity Bono, who who was um, being transitioned to, to Chaz Bono, her alter ego, uh, was down there as the lead speaker, as well as Stuart Milk, who is the nephew of Harvey Milk, who is uh, who was uh, not who was a homosexual activist who liked children as well. So I actually met some of the top people in the LGBT um, movement, went to their conference, sat there, listened to the propaganda that they were telling in order to indoctrinate school counselors. And I'm not talking college school counselors. I'm talking elementary school counselors. So I, got, I have the first hand. I, I am the eyewitness to the actual events of what took place. And I can tell you that the agenda is real. And Randall and I, when we went to the Glisten Conference, again, that's Gay Lesbian Straight Education Network, I remember one of the tactics they taught us was they said, okay, you guys know, how many of you know that when you're in high school, you know, you get the big white paper out, you put it on the fence, and you write your, your activity, your extracurricular activity, soccer game after, blah, blah, you know, in order to promote and, um, and you know, advertise your event, right? So one of the tactics that they taught was – that the LGBT lobby in the school would go ahead and put down, put signs behind those big signs that that said, if this was ripped down, you've committed a hate crime, um, and other various things like that. True story. They also taught the kids to, quote, speak to power. So in other words, if they um, had issues with anything LGBT promoted, uh, instead of going to their teacher, they were to, quote, speak to power. How many of you have heard that? You know, speaking to power. In other words, go over, to, go over to the school board. If that doesn't work, I mean, go to the principal. If that doesn't work, go to the school board. If that doesn't work, go to the media in order to push your opinion, um, you know, and all that. It's, it's, it's a real fact. And the, the thing is, is it's nobody, a, a lot of people don't know it. When Randall and I lived in California, Glisten, the Gay Lesbian Straight Education Network, targeted the city of Orange school district, the most conservative school district in the nation. They did it on purpose. They targeted it in order to get a GSA club, Gay Straight Alliance club, into the local high schools there. This thing went international. It was all over the gay magazines. They picked a gay kid, and they used him as a pawn in order to push this, this agenda in the Orange County schools. And actually what happened was that the kid, he was basically used as a pawn. The gay lobby, just like they do with the left, they, they bust in kids and protesters from all over the place. I know, I was a witness to all of it, and so was Randall. And the amazing thing was the school board um, stood up to the gay lobby, but then, of course, the natural thing after that was to sue the school board. And because the school board, you know, obviously no school wants to lose a ton of money and everything, they caved. So even though the public outrage was 
was the parents didn't want it, the school board didn't want it, the LGBT activists ultimately won because they bullied through law, which is called law aside, by the way, um, the, the issue. And that's exactly how it's been spread. The only reason we have homosexual marriage um, throughout the law of the land is because the Supreme Court violates the Constitution by finding it there in the Constitution. It's nowhere in the Constitution, but they overturned. And don't forget this, okay? I'm, I'm educating you for a reason if you don't know. The Supreme Court overturned the will of the people in 30 different states. There's over 30 states. 30 different states voted to amend their, con- their state constitutions to say that marriage is one man and one woman only. And so the Supreme Court overruled the will of the people in the land. And this is the, ulti- this is the thing that's crazy, right? What's really crazy to me is that the gay lobby will tell you all we want is equal rights. Right, all we want is the right to marriage, marriage, blah blah, etc., blah blah blah. Okay, so the the question is, if that is really true, then why hasn't any of the gay activism stopped? That's my question. It hasn't stopped because that's not really what they want. They want full acceptance. They want me, as a Bible-believing Christian, to say that homosexual sin is normal and natural, and I'm not going to. And they want me to say that you can't change if you're homosexual, and I can't do that either. That's the reason I didn't get licensed as a marriage and family therapist in California. Because in California, under the law, I would have had to have done that. And so I laid aside 13 years of college education and didn't get licensed because I will not bow the knee to the gay lobby. All right, just so you know. There, there is a price to pay for standing for the truth. And, um, and so Ann Polk and the Restored Hope Network and people like that who are out there actually giving giving hope to those who want change, uh, they're being targeted intentionally. And unless people like me and you start speaking up and saying, hey, this is the truth, people, and stop listening to the liberal media about what's really going on, you know, we're not going to be able to rescue those who are perishing. And that's the truth. Because you know what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians, such were some of you, and homosexuality is in that list, And it also says they will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. That's sobering, just so you know. And I know our time, we're running out of time. Yeah, why don't we get to the uh, lead story here? Okay, well, can we we read the quote of the day? Uh, Yeah, let's go ahead and do that. Okay, so the quote of the day is from Kirk Cameron. I've used this quote before, Um, but in lieu of... In lieu of the, 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 the topic of evangelism and sharing the truth, Kurt Cameron said, if you had the cure to cancer, wouldn't you share it? You have the cure to death. Get out there and share it. And that's all we're trying to do here at Bible News Radio, right? All we're trying to do at Bible News Radio is share the truth. Anybody and everyone who wants to be set free from their sin can be because Jesus came to set the captives free. The devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And I'm going to just say one last thing, bareface, and then we'll get to the thing. Look, think of it this way, okay? I don't hate homosexuals. Anybody that knows me knows that, okay? What I hate is the lie of the devil. And the devil is a liar. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And when it comes to different sins, whether it's abortion, you know, or homosexuality, murder, lust, greed, whatever it is, God, uh, the devil hates humans. And he will do everything in his power to deceive you and try to destroy you, right? The very image of God 
God created man and woman in the very image of God. And so he is trying to destroy the image of God in God's creation, especially in the homosexual and abortion issues. Because think about it for a minute. Homosexuality, you cannot naturally procreate. So therefore, the image of God uh, and, and new humans will never come out of that relationship. Right? Let's be honest. That's the truth. Right? That's good for the devil because the devil hates humanity. Abortion, same thing. You're killing a baby in the womb. That's great. devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He's, he's accomplished his mission. It's our job as ambassadors for Christ and for people who've been like snatched out of darkness and put into the light. We can see. We can see what those in darkness can't. So that's why we're here, to share the light and to point people to Jesus, Yeshua, who came to set the captive free. He wants people free. Jesus wants people free. The devil wants you in bondage. Don't ever, 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 ever forget that. All right? Okay, that's it. You can go and do the other story so I can catch my breath. Otherwise, All right. Um, I'm not familiar. I haven't read it. But, oh, you haven't? Uh, well, I gave you the article. Yeah, I guess I can just read it. Uh, that's all I was going to do. All right. Well, <laughs> I'll do that. We can read it together. How is okay. that? Okay. Well, me and, and the audience, we can read it together. Uh yeah, the time went fast, didn't it? Well, it's yeah. an interesting topic. And by the way, I want to just say, if you guys, everything I just shared, put a one if you had never heard the stuff I just shared. Put a two if you had. I just want to get a you know a reading from you guys who are live in the chat room while Randall's doing that. So one if you had never heard some of the stuff I shared, and a two if you had. Okay, Bareface, go for it. Okay. Wow, lots of ones. That's good. All right. Uh, This article coming from catholiccitizens.org. No, we're not Roman Catholics. But uh, Purdue researcher verifies the existence of 53 people mentioned in the Hebrew Bible. Uh, From What was that? That was my water bottle. Okay. That's my bottle. Anyway, uh, from Purdue News Service, actually. Uh, Lawrence Mick... McKittuck, I'm just guessing at that. Welcome to my world of being able to not, yeah. you know, read names. Anyway, well, well. exist. While some would put their hand on the Bible and really mean it when they take an oath, a few revisionist academics would throw it out and say it, that's creative writing. I was looking for a concrete, objective evidence outside of the Bible that would help build the case, said McKittuck, and, oh, right there, <laughs> and Associate Professor of Library Science, McKeetuck, yeah, pronounce McKeetuck, has added three names to the previously published 50 Old Testament individuals of the Bible, begin with King David, all of whom he says has been verified through the, his research, and that's been well established. The three new people are Tatanai, also translated as Tatanai, a Persian governor during the time of Ezra, after the Babylonian exile, and two high officials of Babylonian King Nebuchadnezzar II, Negrel Sharazar, called the Samgar official, and Bazaradin, the chief of the guards. YouTube available. YouTube videos available here. I don't have the link for that, but 
Uh, Tatanai is mentioned in the fifth chapter of the book of Ezra. He also is mentioned outside of the Bible in a letter on a clay tablet from Persian king Darius the Great in the year 502 BC. According to the Bible, in the Graal Shazer, uh, the Nebuzaradan and Nebuzaradan were high officials of King Nebuchadnezzar II, who in 586 BC destroyed the first temple, as well as Jerusalem and exiled most of the remaining population of Judah. They are mentioned at the scene of destruction in Jeremiah 39.3 and Jeremiah 39.9, respectively. And Nebuzaradan also is mentioned in Second <laughs> Kings chapter 25. I like that you can't pronounce these names good. Yeah, they're, they're, it was written in Hebrew, it'd probably be easier. And their king included them in a contemporaneous list of his courtiers that was written on clay tablets. Mick, how was that again? Mickey Took. Mickey Took has written about his latest findings in biblical archaeology. Anyway, I'm going to stop there, not go on with the whole article. But I think this is really interesting about these additional uh, names being found in extra biblical uh, material. And it's not like kings, it's not like main, um, main um, you know, subjects in the writing. There's like incidental people. You know, at the destruction of Jerusalem, just some of the King Nebuchadnezzar's, uh, you know, servants, some of his courtiers. Uh, you know, it seems like if you're doing creative writing, making up some story, I mean, of all names, of all people, that'd be, you know, you could just fill in the blanks there, just like any novel. You know, maybe, maybe some like these TV movies based on a true story. You know, the main characters are true, but then you just fill in with this people that sort of could fill in the story and make for transitions and stuff like that. So if even these fill-in-the-blanks kind of people mentioned have been validated, you know, in extra-biblical literature and in Babylonian uh, literature at that, who mm -hmm. they're claiming to be, uh, you know, how much more is the story and the main characters reliable? You know, if it was, if it was a work of fiction... People like that, incidental characters, you just make up anybody. And you maybe people know Davy Crockett or whoever, and you just make up some other people, you know. Uh, so, but the, the, even the incidental characters are not fabricated. I think, I think that so much more attests to the veracity of Scripture. Very cool. What say you? Well, I, I agree. That's why I thought it was a cool story. I'm, I will tweet this out on our Bible News Radio Twitter account. Um, I do want to get to this other uh, city council bill one, Randall. Okay. Um, I want to do that one really fast. And But let's do also, let's remind people, if you like our show and you tend to listen to it a lot all the time and you want to become a pillar of our community, I always forget, uh, then we do have our, a, a pillar of the community. Become a pillar of our community. That's basically what we're asking. You know, pillars are people who hold up the hands of people on the front lines doing God's work that he's called us to do. And for us, it's exposing the unfruitful deeds of darkness, which is, you know, the scripture in our opening. And also, you know, discipling and, and teaching and helping you grow in your Christian faith by interviewing wonderful A-list guests that you know and love. And some of you don't know and love, but some of them you will know and love anyway. Anyway, for a monthly donation of $25 or more, we just ask that you just go ahead and do that and let us know you want to be a pillar. We'll put you into our special Pillars of the Community Facebook group where you get a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff 
um, and sneak previews and other stuff too. So, and or if you don't want to become a pillar, but you still like us and you want our, you like you want to support our work, please go ahead and uh, just donate through our through our website at biblenewsradio.com or in our Periscope profile. The link is also there. It's PayPal.me forward slash Bible News Radio. You can do that. And of course, don't forget to support our sponsors, Ariel Ministries, and some of the other sponsors that we have because that also uh, definitely helps us out too. Okay. So those of you who don't know, again, I, I am Stacey Lynn Harp, your sweet and lovable host. I have a master's in clinical psychology, practiced as a marriage and family therapist for a long time in California before I moved here to Tennessee. And, you know, one of the things, going back to this homosexual issue, um, part of what the gay lobby is doing now is they are, they are putting into law that therapists cannot help people who, who are 18 years old and under who want to go to therapy to get help with same-sex attraction. So it's actually called, quote, so-called conversion therapy. I hate the terminology, but that's what it's called. So what's happened in various states, and there's probably close, close to a dozen of them now, that a homosexual or a lesbian or bisexual or transgender, 18 years old or younger, who wants help, this is the key. Yeah. They want help. A therapist, by law, in certain states now, cannot give that person help, even with a, even with parental consent. All right, they cannot get help. Now that that's ridiculous. Okay, that is absolutely ridiculous. That somebody who wants help that's that would be like saying, you know what? If I have an anxiety disorder and I'm 18 years old and younger, and I want to get help for it, I can't go to therapy because because there's you know, it's not right to want to deal with your anxiety. So there's this article over on the New York Daily News titled, City Council Bill Would Make Profiting Off Any Type of Conversion Therapy Illegal. And this has been a growing creep, by the way, in the last couple of years. So it says here, conversion therapy that aims to turn gay people straight would be banned in New York under a new bill in the city council. First of all, this conversion therapy doesn't aim to turn anybody straight. It's the whole purpose of it is to help people who want help. The proposal, sponsored by Council Speaker Melissa Mark uh, Diverito and being fast-tracked to a hearing Monday, would make it illegal for anyone to charge a fee to perform therapy to change an individual's sexual orientation or gender identity. It goes beyond legislation to ban the practice for minors that has passed elsewhere in the country by prohibiting it for adults as well. Okay, so you got to ask yourself, Why? Why is this the only thing that they don't want you to get help for, people? Think about it, okay? Seriously. I mean, if you were to put any other thing that's not natural in that category and you wanted to go get help for it to recover from it, but the psychology field is saying, no, you can't, wouldn't you think that's insane? I think that's insane. This is here... Um, the idea that you can change a person's sexual identity through some kind of conversion therapy is just barbaric, just ridiculous, Mark Viverito told the Daily News. In, in New York, Governor Cuomo has signed an order prohibiting health insurance companies from covering gay conversion therapy. State legislation to outlaw the practice for minors has passed the state assembly several times, most recently in April, but it's never made it through the Republican-controlled Senate, thank God. Uh, under the city bill, therapists could be hit with a $1,000 fine okay, for each violation of the ban on charging for services designed to change a person's sexual orientation or gender identity or expression. 
those who do such therapy for free, such as clergy members, would not be affected. That's kind of miraculous right there. Stephen Hayford, uh, legislative director of New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedom, says it's unfair to ban the therapy, especially for adults who freely choose it. Uh, Councilman Danny Drom, who's a Democrat in Queens, a bill co-sponsor, countered the practice amounts to quackery. And this is see is just a nut, it's a bunch of discrimination against uh, Dr. Joseph Nicolosi and other very highly well-respected qualified therapists that actually do help people with this, and they have decades of experience helping people with it. But see, the devil is behind that. To use my friend Gordon Klingenschmidt's verbiage, to discern the spirit behind that, that's the spirit of the devil behind that, trying to make sure that people stay in bondage. Um, Randall, what do you think? I mean, is that completely insane? It's To me, it's completely insane. Yeah, why does this have to be, if you're freely choosing such therapy, there's something unwanted. Maybe you don't like picking your nose. Maybe you don't like you know, rubbing your forehead, you know, maybe you got some, whatever it is, you know, there's something that you don't want, you want to deal with it with a, a licensed, a licensed mental health professional, that should be, you know, your choice to do that. But, you know, it makes sense they made it uh, illegal to help uh, minors with unwanted same-sex attraction because, you know, they're more influential and you can keep them in the lifestyle longer. But now making adults, I mean, I I think talk about um, you know it, it's a violation of rights. That's a violation of rights. It's, if if an adult wants to seek therapy for anything at all, they should have the freedom to do so. Okay, but you know you know what the the more chilling thing is. I mean, this is chilling. It is. It truly is because it, it basically says that you don't have a right to self-determination, right? right? Exactly. Okay, now here's the truth. If you go to a website, you guys can write this down. It's the letter, letter B, the number four, the letter U, act.org, beforeyouact.org, okay? This is a group of pedophile practitioners, okay? People who support pedophilia and support that it's okay to have feelings against or, or rather feelings for children and have sex with children, Okay. They're using the exact same playbook the gay lobby has. True story. They're actually claiming that they're being discriminated in the world of psychology because they suffer from anxiety and depression. And they're also claiming they're born that way and that they're born 10% of the population that way. True story. Beforeyouact.org. You go study that website. If you know that, if you knew what I knew, no, uh, and I am an expert on this subject, I'm just telling you guys, the devil is alive and well. He wants people in bondage. Point people to Christ because he can set people free. He loved He came to set the captain. All right, so we'll see you tomorrow. We have a great guest, Brenda Lovelace Fawn. Be bold, stand up, go with God.